0: In our scripture readings, there is very much a sense of urgency. Every reading has something where it needs to be done now. It can't wait. We see Jonah where uh, he's going through the city, you know, 40 days more and Nineveh will be destroyed. You can't wait. You see St. Paul, our world is passing away. You can't wait. You see our Lord calling the fishermen, Peter Peter, James, and John. Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Come follow me and make you fishers of men. And they immediately follow him. You can't wait. There's an urgency. One of the problems I think we have as as Christians is we've lost that sense. We've lost that sense of urgency that we can't wait. The spiritual life cannot wait. Turning to our Lord. Cannot wait. We make other things in our lives more important, more urgent. Oh, I can't go to the church today because this is this has to be done now. Farmers, I hate to say it, some of you, some of you are probably the worst at this. I can't do this because X, Y, and Z. I think God will let you. We'll give you grace if you do it. If you come to church first, but we always put things more important than God, and we've lost that sense of urgency. Some of us maybe even think, well, you know, I know I need to convert. I know I need to go to confession. I know I need to work on my life. But I can do that later. I've got time. i got all the time in the world. Some don't even see the need for conversion. And that's probably one of the most tragic. Are people who, they don't see it as urgent because they don't see the need for it. But yet I would argue that we do need to have urgency. We do need to realize we can't wait. We can't wait for that conversion of heart. We need to have urgency now. Because as St. As Paul says, time is running out. The world in its present form is passing away. Time is running out. We don't know how much time we have left here on earth. We don't know when our Lord is going to return for his final judgment. We don't know. And so we need that urgency to be prepared in case something happens. In case our time on earth is cut short. But we also need an urgency in proclaiming the good news of the gospel. In proclaiming the gospel to a world that so needs to hear it. And we need to follow the example of our Lord who the first words he said as part of his ministry were the kingdom of God is at hand repent and believe in the gospel those need to be on our lips as well we need to be calling the world to repentance because there's an urgency in our culture today but the urgency in our culture today is not coming to christ it's moving as far away from him as they can it's moving as far away from christ and his teachings and his guidance it's like Nineveh. And I love the story of Jonah because it really shows our, you know, kind of a parallel to our culture today and how, let's be honest, many of us respond to it. Jonah was called to go to the greatest enemy of Israel, Nineveh. He knew that they were planning to conquer the people of Israel. They were planning to conquer the Israelite kingdom. And he gets called by God to go preach to them, go convert them, really. And Jonah, of course, no way, I'm going the other direction. I'm running away. He jumps on a boat and gets out of there. Now, if you haven't read the story of Jonah any time recently, I strongly suggest it. Pull out the Bible and read it. It's, it. Some of it is almost comical, how badly Jonah wants to get away from this. I mean, he comes so bad, he jumps on the boat, and then storm comes up, and the sailors realize it's his fault because he's running away from God. So they throw him in the ocean. Of course, we all know the story of Jonah and the whale or Jonah and the big fish, however you know, the Bible, will trans, the particular translation puts it. We know that story. And of course, where does that whale spit him out at? Nineveh. God says, oh, you're going to run away from me, huh? You're where you want, you're where you're supposed to be. Jonah says, okay, fine. And he does the preaching. He wants to see Nineveh destroyed. They're the enemy. What happens? He only walks a day through the city. says it was a three-day walk. It's a big city even by today's standards. It would take you three days to walk through it. One day through, and the whole city converts. The whole city turns back to God, repents from their sins, and Jonah throws a temper tantrum. He wanted to see that city destroyed. God promised him that city would be destroyed, and it didn't happen. So he throws a temper tantrum. Like I said, I encourage you to read it. And as you read it, notice your own reactions to how God is calling you. Because I think Jonah shows a lot of what we are tempted to do. We are tempted that instead of having the urgency to go out and proclaim the gospel, to go the other way. To not proclaim the gospel. To not work to change our culture, to change our world. We want to go the other way, we want to, ha- we want to hide. And then, when things don't go the way we think they should, because God is more merciful than we are, we can throw a temper tantrum about that, too. We can be like Jonah. I wanted these people to get their justice. I wanted these people who treated me badly to get their comeuppance. We can do that. Jonah, Like I said, it's very much worth reading not just because of the urgency that was placed on you. Jo- I mean, the people of Nineveh didn't go, Oh, 40 days till we're destroyed. Good, we got 39 days to party it up. They converted immediately. They changed immediately. The fact is, we live in a culture that is not just falling away from Christian values, but has very much started pushing back against them. It has some urgency in doing that. It seems like every day you wake up and there's some other sin or immorality that is being promoted. And how dare you say that we can't do this or that you don't fall in line with what we say. It's not even a point of live and let live. It's like you will do as we say and there's no middle ground. And our culture obviously has an urgency to that. Do we? Do we have an urgency in bringing our culture back to Christ? You know, we say, you're one nation under God. But our nation is trying to rapidly forget the under God part of that <coughs> sentence. And the one nation part is kind of becoming in question, too, if you want to really look at it. You know, one positive thing in the last couple of years, of course, was the overturning of Roe versus Wade that it is no longer the law of the land. It is no longer a valid Supreme Court decision. It has been overturned. The problem is the fight isn't done. There are many places, I mean, tomorrow, by the way, would have been the uh, 51st anniversary of that decision. It never made it to 50, that was great. 49 years and it was gone, it was great. But many states like Montana Abortion is legal across the board at any age, at any period of development, without any questions. Anytime we've tried here in the state to pass restrictions on abortions, the Supreme Court has shut it down. The the Montana Supreme Court has shut it down because we have a right to privacy in our state constitution, and that means an unlimited right to abortion. That's how they've read it. And so we still have... Prayers and work that needs to be done so that this can be abolished completely. That we can have true respect of all human life from conception to natural death. And of course, there's also the other side of this, euthanasia. Physician-assisted suicide, they'll often call it. Now it's made. that's what Canada calls it, made medical assistance in dying. Oh, that just sounds so nice. It's euthanasia again becoming legal in many places and then we can talk about the issues of sexuality and gender and all those other things are going on our culture is running full into that and it's our job to help put on the brakes if nothing else the need for urgency is real the need for urgency for conversion of ourselves and the need for proclaiming the gospel to the world with urgency is real. So how do we have this urgency? First of all, we pray for it. We ask him for it. We ask our Lord to give us the urgency to work as we need to. To have that conversion of heart that we may turn away from the attachments of the world. St. Paul talks about living in the world as if we are not living in the world fully in the reading today. That's what we need to pray for. Pray that we can turn back to our Lord and that anything that keeps us from Him and keeps us from having that urgency will be removed from our lives. For our nation, and we can pray for our nation and our leaders. That they may see the need to have the urgency to return to our Lord. Because, of course, so many of our leaders are complicit in working actively to move our world, our culture, our country away from God. And then we also pray for the strength to live and proclaim the gospel and the Christian values that come from it. And so that's the first step, is to prayer. pray. Pray is always a first step. By the way, if you haven't noticed whenever I talk about things we need to do in the spiritual life, the first thing is always prayer. We need to work on our prayer life. That's always first. Second is, we need to educate ourselves. You know, church teaching's are not arbitrary. When we look at the teachings that have come down to us from Christ, they weren't there because a pope somewhere in the past said, well, this sounds like a good idea, and wrote it down. Now, there are practices, there are procedures and things like that, just like any corporate organization. That may be more arbitrary, but when we're talking about church teaching, we're talking about those teachings that came from Christ were revealed through him we need to learn about those what those teachings are and why they are you know it's it's always it's a great challenge to look at a teaching that you may not understand or you may not even agree with and say okay why is the church saying this why is the church saying this why does the church believe what it does And then third of all is how to defend those teachings. Because there's plenty of people out in the world that if you go out and start proclaiming the gospel, oh, they'll have plenty of things to throw back at you. Well, your church says this, and your church did this. Sex abuse scandal is a big example of that. How do we defend the church and what she teaches Because I firmly believe that if we educate ourselves and we live as the church teaches, we will change this country. I haven't looked to see what a recent number is of Catholics, but we are still, as far as I know, the largest Christian church in the United States. Because there's other denominations. Now, if you take just all of Protestantism versus the Catholics, Protestants are much many more. But we are the largest individual denomination of Christians as Catholics in the United States. If we started living faithfully, the Church's teachings, and holding our politicians to the the, the morals, the the, the the what the teachings that Christ has revealed, we will change this country overnight. We will absolutely change this country overnight. And so we have to be involved in our political system. For most of us, probably is contacting and meeting with our elected officials. Some of us is getting involved into the elected as an elected official, going up for office. Big thing though is to remind our elected officials, they were elected by us. Our money. Pays their checks, not the other way around. They, we don't work for them, they work for us. And we need to hold our elected officials to following the teachings of Christ in our country, in our world. And oh, by the way, remind them, if, if they don't, there's a ballot coming up here in a few months, and their name's on it, and we might want to make sure they're not getting into office again. Hint, hint, hint. You know. Doesn't matter party affiliation, red or blue, you don't follow church you don't follow the, the teachings of Christ in your legislative work. Bye. Enjoy your retirement. You know, things like that. Because it's not about party affiliation. It's about Christ in having the urgency to follow him and to bring the good news of the gospel to the world and to say those words, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. We all need to hear that. Every single one of us. Including those out there. Including our family. Including our friends. Including our neighbors. Including our politicians. And yes, even... Including our priests and our bishop. We need to hear that. We all need to hear it. And ultimately, our urgency to be is to be united as Christians. To be united as Christians, to work together, to proclaim the good news of the gospel, to bring the world to Christ. Whether we are Catholic or Lutheran or Methodist or Baptist or non-denominational Bible church. We need to work together to bring the gospel to Christ. And then hopefully bring them into the Catholic church where they belong, but that's, that's the next step once we start working together. Because as St. Paul says, I tell you, brothers and sisters, the time is running out. We need to have that urgency. And we need to have that urgency Now.